el primero de mayo. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the The SamD Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Dismay Jr. Follow me on the Elon app at The SamD. That's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. Podcast is also up there at The SamD Podcast, all one word. If you're not down with the Elon app, I get it. Podcast is also up on the Zuckerberg app and the China app. Subscribe to the podcast. Five stars, nonetheless, tell a friend. Podcast available on all major podcasts and platforms, including the Purple app and the Rogan app. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Link is in the podcast description. Make sure to tune into Timeline T daily live streams Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Musical production done by Mayfair's Music. Support him at soundcloud.com slash Mayfair's Music. Also, for all content, audio and visual, hit up the samd.com. Damn, Ja. You got them setting up metal detectors now? Is that what's happening? Is that what's happening, Ja? Good Lord. It's been that bad of a two weeks that now as players, as Grizzly players specifically into the arena, they got to have them pass through metal detectors or at least the league, is, the league and its TV partners are here to let you know that there are metal detectors. Players just can't walk around bringing hammers everywhere. Pause. Even though, you know, Ja seems to think he can bring it anywhere and there's always have something at the ready but uh yeah so look the jaw thing has kind of taken a life of its own and it's very polarizing right clearly there are some people that are here to uh jump on john moran and you know call him a thug gangster or a fake thug fake gangster anything like that i think what it really comes down to and you know if you've missed any of the uh stuff i've been putting out on jaw i've been you know keeping keeping everybody up to speed on YouTube, so you could check that. I'll put a link to that for the audio-only audience. I'll put a link to that stuff in the uh, podcast description. But in regards to having this happen now for Ja, you have 200 M's up, and it's showing a lack of accountability once you run down all the events, because all of the events, even the most recent one where, you know, they went to the strip club, it was a private strip club, he dropped 50K, and he had the, the blinky in the club, and that was one thing. And he showed off the blinky on IG Live. And then the cops had to pull up after the fact once it got reported that he was showing the blinky on IG Live. And then they didn't find anything to, you know, charge him with or whatever. So that's fine. But in regards to now, we're getting reports that drop on the timeline over the, over the, let me see, I'm recording this on Sunday. So yeah, yesterday, Saturday night, we had all this stuff about how much he dropped in the club. And, Everything in regards to that. Let's go ahead and go to that. So it's about 50K in tips. And this is from a few weeks ago. So the owner of a Denver strip club says John Morant spent over 50K on tips a few weeks ago. Quote, this kid, real young, was exceptionally respectful and sweet, and he did not drink. He's marvelous. So, okay, you do all of that. But then you were also very quick to make sure that those pictures got leaked. So... You know, as much as this was supposed to be a private strip club, and even though Ja put himself out there by, you know, going on IG Live and flashing the blinky, it still is a thing of this man just dropped all this bread just on tips. We're not talking about other services and, and things of that like, right? Just on tips, he dropped 50K, and now you're going to have these these pics, this camera footage, because, because again, 
everything's recorded. Everywhere you go now, just assume you're being recorded. Like there's almost literally nowhere you can go where there's not a camera, either in the parking lot, either on the walk up. Like there's always a camera somewhere recording you. And the security footage got leaked and there's screenshots and they're showing him getting lap dances and everything like that. And it's kind of like, well, how are you going to, in theory, in theory, violate his, his rights, you know, in terms of publicly showing what he was doing, but then say, oh, he was exceptionally respectful and sweet and he did not drink. I think that he did not drink part is definitely innuendo because that's kind of what's been insinuated behind the scenes. And even there's some videos that have been hitting the timeline in regards to Jai likes to drink. Casabigos, whatever you want. Like if, if it's at the bottle and, you know, being that young, what, 23 years old, 200 M's up. Yeah. You get a lot of access to all the vices. All your vices are, are, are magnified when you have the bread that John Morant has been able to procure this early in his career. So there's been a lot of hearsay. There's been a lot of um, polarizing statements in regards to what this really comes down to. But for me, it really just speaks to accountability, accountability and lack thereof, right? Because every scenario that we have that's been reported so far, there's been a chance for Ja to step in and say no. There's been a time for Ja to be the one to be like, nah, we are not going to do that. So even if you go here, allegedly Steven Adams had a players only meeting, you know, and the Grizzlies have a horrific road record, like one of the worst road records in the league. Like it's them and the Rockets and the Warriors, strange enough. They have one of the worst road records in the entire NBA. And Steven Adams had a, they called a players only meeting and allegedly Steven Adams spoke and he spoke out about the lack of professionalism on the road and how the team subliminally saying job, but as a team, players need to do better about showcasing themselves and carrying themselves on the road, more professional. Maybe that will help the record get better. And then in the aftermath of that players only meeting, allegedly John Morant goes to this Denver strip club, flashes the blinky, drops 50K. Allegedly. And, you know, this this is where the problems for Ja keep magna, keep magnifying, because, again, he's in control. This this isn't, you know, a thing where he was forced to go. This isn't a thing of, you know, that this is what he put himself into. He got himself wrapped up into this. And I'm normally very pro player. Anyone who knows me throughout my career, you know, whether on the radio or podcasting or even just being in sports media, I'm always very much pro player because there's so much biases from fans and also people in the media towards just being pro management. You know, as someone that was a, a, a union rep, you know, in a former life, in, in, in a former industry, I'm always, you know, partial to the side of, of, you know, employee versus employer. But when you're looking at this story, and the accountability or lack thereof for Ja, he had control over what they did that night. After Steven Adams calls the team to task, and allegedly everyone in that players-only meeting knew, or most in that players-only meeting knew, that Steven Adams was directing those comments to Ja subliminally. Now, Steven Adams, as a vet, maybe he even could have pressed Ja. Maybe. 
He's a vet. There's been a lot of talk of John needs a mentor. You know, the 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 Grizzlies, you know, lack vets. Steven Adams is a vet. Remember, they had Andre Iguodala last year. They ran Andre Iguodala off. And Iggy didn't, didn't want to be there either, but it was very mutual. Like, they didn't want him around as a vet. And he didn't want to be around them because, you know, one, he wanted to go be a warrior. But I'm sure he was like, oh, there's no controlling these dudes. And I think one of those dudes might have been John Morant. So now some of that stuff kind of the, the puzzle gets gets kind of clear. The picture isn't as blurry when it was like, well, why wouldn't the Grizzlies want Andre Iguodala around? He's a vet champion, yada, yada, yada. Everyone talks about his acumen in the locker room. Oh, what Jose goes. Okay, if you're not on that program, time for you to go. So, allegedly, Stephen Adams, who had no problems pressing Shannon Sharp a few weeks ago, apparently didn't want to press Ja. So, he had to say it subliminally in a players-only meeting. So, accountability. Ja had a chance to say, yo, maybe we shouldn't go to the strip club. Maybe we shouldn't go to this particular strip club. Because if you don't know what type of spot you're running into, you know, there's been a lot of clamoring in regards to mentorship and uh, what they need, as I mentioned with Iguodala. And Jalen Rose had the viral clip of basically comparing his own, you know, trials and tribulations early in his career to what Ja is going through and the possible steps he might need to take, you know, to be able to make a change. And it seems like since then, every former Hooper has been trying to, you know, hit that same type of um, level with their speeches on what Josh should or shouldn't do. And I think what it really comes down to is that at the end of it, it's him. Accountability is him. He could have chosen not to go to the strip club that night, especially after one of your vets. And I'm assuming one of the few vets that you trust and rock with because he's still there. Once one of those dudes subliminally kind of calls you out, do you think Ja didn't know that's who Steven Adams was talking about? Who did you think he was talking about? Dylan Brooks? Now, maybe. Maybe he could have also been talking about Dylan Brooks because he's been wilding. But in regards to the Grizzlies go as Ja Morant goes, he's not talking about Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. Like, who else could Steven Adams have been talking about? So accountability starts there. They didn't have to go out to the strip club right after that. They didn't. So then you look at the incidents that have been reported since this whole thing broke. You have Ja's mother getting into it with a finish line employee and then hitting up Ja. And next thing you know, Ja's pulling up at the mall in the parking lot, allegedly with nine dudes in a truck. Ja didn't have to do that, right? So that's one step. Accountability. He did not have to do that. One mom should also know, maybe let me not call my son, who's 200 M's up, to come pull up because I got beef with a finish line employee. I don't think that's the level of when you'll call your $200 million son. My $200 million son needs to come check a finish line employee. Is that really what Ja needed to be doing? Is that what Ja's mom really thought it was worthy for him to pull up? Like, that's a problem. Accountability. So that's that incident, right? Then you have this, this, uh, this most recent incident that got unearthed this week. In regards to Ja's sister, Ja's sister had words with someone at a volleyball game, I believe. And either her or the moms called Ja. Next thing you know, here comes Ja with, no, actually the sister called. The sister called and I think told the mom. And next thing you know, the mom, the dad, Ja. And again, 
allegedly nine dudes pulled up to this game because someone had words with Ja's sister. It may or may not have called her a bitch. So again, accountability. Ja didn't have to go. Mom went, dad went, and allegedly nine dudes went. That doesn't mean the guy that's 200 M's up also has to go. When you're 200 M's up, that's why you got the nine dudes. Let them go. There should be a, dollar, a direct hotline. Bypass Ja. Ja seems to be the middleman. They can't get the nine dudes unless they call Ja. That doesn't make sense. Ja should never be called. You're 200 M's up. Why are you being called? Ridiculous. So then we have the third incident, which is, I mean, this whole thing is wild. We just keep one, two, three, just four incidences. Like, it's crazy. So now we have the, the third incident, which I believe is the biggest form of accountability because Ja is allegedly directly involved in this, more so than just receiving a call and then rolling non-deep somewhere. He's at the crib hooping. He's hooping with a 17-year-old that's been there before, hooping as well. And Mike Miller, strange enough, is there. Pops is there. The family is there. It's the, fa it's the, it's the Ja home. It's, it's the Ja Moran home. So everyone is there. And the kid is hooping. He's guarding Ja. He's going back and forth. The kid also says that he looked up to Ja as a mentor, right? So we have a kid that's, you know, excited to go against a guy that he looks up to. You know, Ja is a legend already. You know, before all of this stuff, he was a legend for just, you know, the goodness that he brings and the excitement he brings as a basketball player. Now he might be a legend for other things. But in regards to, at this point, for the 17-year-old, Ja is a legend because that's Ja Morant. Basketball bur burgeoning superstar. And they're playing ball. They're getting into it. Allegedly, whether it was the kid checking the ball or whether it was just throwing the ball, Ja took offense to how the kid threw the ball or how aggressively the 17-year-old threw the ball and checked it back. And then the kid threw it back. And then allegedly when the kid threw it back, it Ja missed it or didn't catch it clean and it hit him. In the, in the chin, neck, sternum area. Just hit him. It hit him in the face, somewhere around there, right? He missed the rock. It hit him, right? So then here's the moment of accountability. Jaws tight. He feels like this 17-year-old showed him up at his own crib. Again, all alleged. But this is the reporting that's been done and the police reports that have been filed. So then Ja goes to his man's who I'm assuming was close by and says, should I do it to him? Now, I don't know where you're from, but if someone is tight at someone else and looks at his mans and says, should I do it to him? Nothing good is ever going to come out of whatever is going to be done to him. Okay. So should I do it to him? Accountability. He should know. I know I should not be doing it to him. Right. He should know I'm 200 M's up. I should not be doing it to him. But I digress. He says to his mans, should I do it to him? And now here's the accountability of his mans. His man says, yeah, do it to him. Like this is Buster and Spliff Star. This is like, you know, he got his hype man. Should I do it to him? Yeah, do it to him. And then Ja proceeds to lay the beats to this kid. In his own backyard. Allegedly in front of Mike Miller. This is what's all happening. 
like, and the kid said he felt he got knocked up, pause, at least 12 to 13 times. Left there with a knot on his head and the whole deal. 12 to 13 hits just from Ja alone. So basically, Ja snuffed him and went after him. And then he got he got the kid to the ground. And then the kid said, then others jumped in. So they jumped this kid in Ja's backyard, allegedly. So, again, accountability. You're at your house. You're at your house. And you're playing pickup. And you felt a kid disrespected you. You know what would have happened if that was my crib? You kicked the kid out. If you felt like son really showed you up, you kicked the kid out. You don't turn to your man to say, should I do it to him? And then your man, stupidly enough, allegedly says, yeah, do it to him. You say, you know what? You're going a little bit too hard in my backyard. You could bounce. You, you, you're a little bit too hype to be hooping back here. This is just casual pickup, just getting a run in. Like, this, this, this don't got to be nothing more than what it has to be. I'm allowing you to my home. We're here hooping. You, you've been here before, so you know how we give it up back here. We ain't going too crazy. This ain't game seven, okay? Like, I know I'm Ja and you're you, but there's no reason to act like you're going to try to Jordan Crawford me and, and I'm LeBron. That, that's not what's about to happen, okay? So I, I think that's where accountability comes in. Ja did not have to snuff this kid and then have his bands jumps in, but he also shouldn't have said, should I do it to him? And he probably said it to the dude who he knew would say, yeah, do it to him. If he would have asked your pop, should I do it to him? I would hope Josh pops, if he's, you know, stopped trying to look like Usher. I would hope his pops would have been like, no, Josh, don't do it to him. Because allegedly later, when Josh says the kid threatened to come back and light it up like fireworks or whatever the, the quote was, Josh came out with the blinky again. And the pops went running to the front of the house screaming, no. That's the first time Josh probably heard no in a very long time, allegedly. So I think it's just accountability when it comes to John Morant because all of these instances from the strip club after a players-only meeting saying we need to be more professional on the road, from beating up a 17-year-old in your own backyard, from getting a call that someone called your sister a bitch and you come running nine deep, from... Your mom's getting into it with a finish line employee and then you pull up to the parking lot of the mall nine deep. Those are all things Jock could have said, you know what? Chill. Moms, somebody tried to like play you? Cool. I'm going to send so-and-so and it's, and it's done. I don't need to be there. There needs to be a buffer, a layer between the nine dudes that seem to always be at the ready whenever there's something going on. And just John living his life. He needs to be separated from it. He doesn't need to get the call from moms, from sis, from whoever. He doesn't need to get that call. Whoever's the leader of the nine dudes, which should not be John. And if it is John, then that's definitely a problem. But whoever is the leader of the nine dudes needs to be like, all right, mom, you call me. Sis, you call me. Any issues, we leaving Ja out of it. I don't know why it has to have all of this to happen for that to be recognized. How many prior tales have we all heard of players and their entourages? 
or even just take it off sports, just cruise in general. If you don't have a designated fall guy, then your crew's not organized well. Whether it's mafia, whether it's gangs, whether it's a business, whether it's whatever, there's always a fall guy. So understand, like, this is not that hard to set up. This is not that hard to organize. But if no one has the acumen, which is, I, I, I find it hard to believe because Jaws, Jaws Pops was allegedly a really big time hooper back in the day. And he gave it up. He gave up his hoop dreams because, you know, his wife was pregnant with Ja. So he poured all of his hoop knowledge and his hoop dreams into Ja. So this is not only just Ja being 200 M's up and, and being a, a, a burgeoning NBA superstar, but this is the pops being able to live the lifestyle he, he, might, he might low key have thought he could have had if he was able to live the life that he wanted to live at some point. So it's a win for everybody. Everybody's up. Ja's up 200 M's, we up 200 M's. That's how that's going. But there's no one at the head of the table saying, yo, this is how we're going to organize this so we can protect Ja. Instead of, I got beef with a mall employee, I'm going to call Ja. Instead of, yo, somebody called me a bitch, I want Ja and the homies to pull up. Like, you know, I got a 17-year-old hooping in my backyard. He's going, he's going a little extra hard. All right, let me just tell son he could go home and come, come back hoop another day. Let me just quietly tell him, yo, you, you're going a little bit too hard. I'm 200 M's up. You, you're trying to get me injured out here. Because imagine if Ja would have put the beast of this kid and broken a hand, broken a wrist. Anything could have happened. Fractures, like anything could have happened. What, what would have been the explanation? The, the Grizzlies probably would have said, oh, Ja fell at his home and he's out for a certain amount of time. It wouldn't have been, nah, Ja put the beast to this kid and now he's got a broken bone or he's got a fractured wrist or his elbow. What, like anything could have happened. And yet... You know, if, if you let the Grizzlies tell it, they're, they're waiting for him to come back. And as of last week, they were saying he's going to be out the next four games. Does anything I just described to you sound like someone should only be out four games? I think there's a really strong chance that we don't see John Morant for the rest of the regular season. If he truly has a problem, I'm going to use the the excuse of accountability or the reasoning of accountability. Others have insinuated it could be something more there. Like if it actually is a substance abuse issue, that's not going to be solved in four games. If it actually is in a, he had a statement saying that, you know, stress, anxiety, things of that nature, whoever typed that up was, you know, pretty generic in that, but let's imagine it truly is stress, anxiety. That's not something that goes away in four games. You don't learn to cope with stress and anxiety in four games. So if it truly is a problem in whatever capacity it is, it is it's instead of just, I need to stop being the fall guy and I need to stop being the middleman for everyone to call me when there's a problem. If it's that, that can be figured out in four games. But if it's not that, if it's something actually serious, if it's substance related, mental health related, then that's not going to be figured out in four games. And if they're really serious about turning that around, I mean, he's the face of the franchise. You can argue he's going to be one of the next faces of the league when LeBron and them finally work their way out and off to the pasture. You need him right. And that's not going to get done in four games.
John Morant had a lot of people talking, and one person who was talking was Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving had a lot to say. They took an L the other night, and he went back to the crib, and he put on a onesie, and it was a Sherpa onesie, and he was wearing a hat that said Organic Negro with a W on the end of Negro. Oh, boy. <laughs> Your man's Kyrie, man. So Kyrie had a lot to speak on it. Uh, we'll start with him speaking on Ja. And again, this is a weird, a weird time or, or a weird situation because, in essence, Ja replaced Kyrie with Nike. We know what happened with Kyrie and the stuff that, you know, the link that he posted and all the uh, the aftermath of that, right? So Nike drops him, and then the Ja Morants come out, and the Jaws look strangely like the Kyries. But anyway, so Kyrie was on Twitch. And again, as you see here for the visual audience, he is wearing a Sherpa. At first, when I first saw this, I thought it was a hoodie. I was like, oh, a Sherpa hoodie, that's pretty dope. Uh, but then as, you know, the angles chose and oh, oh, by the way, he's lighting sage. So he's he's got the sage burning. So, again, let's paint this whole picture, especially for the audio on, only audience. He's wearing a Sherpa onesie hoodie, brown Sherpa onesie hoodie, burning sage while wearing a organic Negro, Negro with a W hat. All right. So that, that should be setting the scene and he's probably sitting on patio furniture or something like that. So it's, it's quite the, the look. But uh, we'll go ahead and tap into what Kyrie is saying. And this is about John ja Morant and uh, how, you know, he's going to protect him. Mind you, you barely know. Y'all saw what's going on. Yeah, come on, man. We don't, have, we don't even have to go into Twelski. We don't even have to go into that. Twelski. You heard anyone ever call Ja Twelski? But okay. All right. Ja Morant, a.k.a. Twelski. Hopefully that'll be on basketball reference pretty soon. Yeah, come on, man. We don't have we don't even have to go into Twelski. We don't even have to go into that. Twelski. We don't have to go into that because Twelski's not the only person that's dealt with real life circumstances. Word. He's not the only one. And he won't be the only one. So guess what I'm gonna do? I'm going to stand and make sure that I'm there for my family and my friends. All right, so is he saying he's going to be there for Ja or is he or he's using the Ja story to say he's going to do whatever it takes to be there for his friends and family? Because it sounded like initially he was going to ride with Ja. But again, if you lose a deal and then Mans comes in and takes your deal and allegedly even your shoes, I don't know how much I would be riding for Twelveski. have to go into that. We don't have to go into that because... Tulski's not the only person that's dealt with real life circumstances. Also, he's just shifting. He's just shifting it off. He don't want to talk about Ja. Okay, so now, now, now we're getting somewhere. He don't want to talk about Ja, and that's fine. He doesn't want to talk about Ja, but he's going to talk about his problems. And allegedly, there's rumors that he suffered a death in the family, and he missed practice. I think the day after this, they had practice. He missed that practice. So a lot of people were wondering... You know, is he going off the deep end and all this stuff? Because I could tell you for one, and, and, and some of the OGs, well, the OG basketball heads will know this. This video, when I first saw it, it gave me Marbury eating Vaseline vibes. And I don't know if any of y'all remember that from back in the day when Marbury was out there eating Vaseline on live streams. And he was also uh, one time shirtless, listening to gospel music and crying while his mans consoled him by rubbing his shoulders 
it was a lot going on in, in, in the Marbury live streams back then. So initially I was like, oh no, I hope this isn't going to be a redo or remix, a sample of Marbury eating Vaseline. Cause we got Kai, Kai Irving in a brown Sherpa onesie hoodie. I wonder if it has footies. I don't know. Burning sage and wearing an organic Negro, Negro with a W hat. So there, there was a lot to take in here. And I was like, I hope this isn't Marbury and Vaseline all over again. He's not the only one. And he won't be the only one. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to stand and make sure that I'm there for my family and my friends. I, we all make mistakes. <laughs> we all do things that we regret. So is that him talking about the link, the Amazon link, the Hebrews to Negroes? Is, 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 that, is that what he's doing? But somehow when you're a celebrity and you're famous, you're underneath different rules? Yes, that's kind of that's kind of how that works because you get access to certain things that normal people can't. So you have the good with the bad. I mean, you did a movie called Uncle Drew. Like you used your popularity to be to, to become an actor. Like you 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 got access to certain things that nine to five regular people can't have access to. So because you're a celebrity, because your basketball acumen is so good, because your your athletic ability and your basketball skill set and your IQ is so good. You've become one of the best players in the NBA. With that comes spoils, financial and otherwise. Yes, that, that's kind of how that works. Mind that you barely know. So, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of what he had to say. Um, we all make mistakes. We all do things that we regret. But somehow when you're a celebrity and you're famous, you're underneath different rules. Yes, that's, again, that, yeah, that's kind of how that works. But that's not all Kai Irving had to speak on. Oh, he had a lot of stuff. He he was on that Twitch thing getting it off. He was praying at one point. Again, that's why I that's why I thought Marbury, Vaseline, shirtless, gospel in the background, breaking down his man's, you know, massaging, massaging his 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 neck and shoulder region, his trapezoids. Like it was very, it was very, it was very eerie. I'll just say that. But apparently we we, we didn't get that. We just got him in a Sherpa onesie that may or may not have footies. Wearing an organic Negro, Negro with the W hat and burning sage. So we shall continue on. But this is what he had to get off. This is more focused on the media. And I'll just let Kyrie speak because it's Kyrie. For three hours and you think you know who I am. You see a few posts. Oh, Kai's woke. Kai got it. Well, woke is a new N word. So let's let's not let's we, we, we could stop saying that. Right. I think as a, as a community, we could stop saying that. Right. OK, cool and you think you know who I am. You see a few posts. Oh, Kai's woke. Kai got it. Oh, oh, Kai is, oh my goodness, he just. He yeah, and the person on Twitter who said, or oh, the Elon app, who said, if you put this on mute, it looks like a Kendrick Lamar video. They're very accurate. That, that's extremely accurate, but we, we, we continue. He just doesn't fit into the mold of all of the other people. And then, man, he's different. He's crazy. He's arrogant. He's this, he's that, he's this. All from seeing me from three hours. So he's, he's using this to say that we only know him as a basketball player. We don't know him in any other fashion. But again, that's hard to believe because we know him as Uncle Drew. We know him as a one-time Nike ambassador that had, you know, a, a, a signature shoe that was extremely popular at one point. 
And we also know him from his his um his off the court things and, and outside of the whole Amazon link and even outside of the don't want to take the jab thing. Like we know him for giving it up during the quarantine in terms of donating to food banks. He has donated to numerous charities. He has tried to get in contact and get in touch with his mom's peoples in terms of the indigenous tribes that he has tried to, you know, acclimate himself to. So we also know the other side. So I think Ja thinks that the media and maybe fans in general don't understand that he's more than a basketball player, like the whole thing of Braun more than an athlete. Like, I, I think he thinks we don't know that he's more than an athlete. I think he's misguided there, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that make him feel as though he's only just an athlete. So who are we to judge? You get all that. Kai, well, what's Kai gonna do this summer? Does Kai like Dallas? What happened in Brooklyn? What happened in Boston? What happened in Cleveland? Why did you leave LeBron? Why did you leave Jason? Why did you leave Katie? Why did you leave all these people? I mean, there's answers to all those questions. If 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 y'all want to run this down, we can run. There's there's specific answers to all these questions. Like these aren't rhetorical questions. Like these are questions that have been answered either through just paying attention or just you know being being inside, like being inside the industry and just knowing. Like we we can answer these. You get all that. Let's see. Kai, well, what's Kai gonna do this summer? He's gonna leave Dallas. That, that that's what he's gonna do this summer. This guy like Dallas. What? He likes Dallas, but he's not going to stay there. What happened in Brooklyn? What? what happened in Brooklyn is he didn't want, he wanted max money. Brooklyn was not going to give it to him. So he left. What happened in Boston? What happened in Boston is that the two youngins, Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, were nice. And they wanted the team, which, you know, if you, if you really look at it, what happened in Boston is really simple. He left Cleveland because he didn't want to be little bro anymore. Braun kept trying to big bro him. And that wasn't going to fly. So he was going to go to Boston. He thought the boy genius Brad Stevens was going to show him a different way to play basketball. I was going to expand his mind. Didn't happen that way. But he hooped crazy because he was given a rock and he was the number one option. He was, he was the number one option on a good team because he had Tatum and Brown as youngins right there along the way. I think they had Gordon Haber was still there too. Like it was a good team. But he was the number one guy. So he got to experience what it's like to lead a good team as number one guy. Then he got hurt. While he was hurt, that's when IT3 became a thing. And then Tatum and Brown also stepped up and were getting buckets. It started to come into their own. So now by the time that Kyrie came back, oh, you're not the number one option no more. We, we, the, the, these young pups are ready. We thought we had to wait for these young pups. When you was out, those young pups took the rock and they ran with it. So, yeah, now you're not number one option guy anymore. So that's what happened in Boston. What happened in Cleveland? Why did well, what happened in Cleveland is that, I mean, like I just said, he, he was tired of being little bro by LeBron. He wanted to be the leader of his own thing, and that's why he left. Did you leave LeBron? Why did you? So, you know, the same answer. Did you leave Jason? He left Jason because Jason and Jalen were taking over, and he was no longer going to be number one option. Why did you leave Katie? Why did he left KD because he wanted the max bag and he was going to get that from Josiah. Did you leave all these people? Well, all these people, he's going to leave Luca because he just wanted to get out of Brooklyn. So he may go back to LeBron because now he's matured and realized that Bron wasn't really big bro in him. That's just what Bron does. For three hours. Get to ask all these legitimate questions. Yes, it's called. As me. if. Well, again, see, here's the. Oh, I, I love him. I love him. 
21 hours every day wasn't happening after that. Right. The whole more than athlete thing. I'm more than athlete. I donate money to charities in Africa. You know, I, I talk about why people, children in the Congo are making, uh, are mining resources that are being used for Teslas. You know, I, I, I understand, I understand all of that, but to assume that media can ask you questions when that's their job. And it's also part of the obligation for you as a professional athlete to answer or to take questions. You could do Marshawn. You could be Marshawn. I'm just here so I won't get fined. He could do that every single night if he wanted to and get it off because it would still it would still suffice as addressing the media. So if you really don't want to answer questions, then get your Marshawn on. But to sit there and answer questions and, you know, sometimes be surly with the media and things of that nature. I say if you really don't want to talk to people, go the Marshawn Lynch route and look what Beast Mode's done in his post career. He turned that shit into a meme, a catchphrase. He trademarked it like he's got he's got weed shops like beast mode is all over the place as the guy that didn't want to talk. Or only wanted to talk when he wanted to talk in terms of protecting your chicken, young black man, young African, like he did that on his own time. And now he's talking all the time. Now he's monetized his words. But here we got Kai in a uh, organic Negro, Negro with a W hat. Burning Sage in a brown Sherpa onesie hoodie uh, that may or may not have footies. Me, you would think that I'm the cancer in the locker room as if basketball is an individual sport that one person is supposed to take blame for. It's 15 guys on the team and I'm, and I'm the one cancer in the room. Okay, so again, that sounds strong, right? It sounds, see, that's the issue with Kai, right? Like the thing with Kai is the stuff he says is not wrong. It's just, it's easy to counter. Cause yes, it's 15 guys. Out of those 15 guys, we know 12 actually dress. Out of those 12, we know usually eight to nine play every night. We know out of those eight to nine that play every night, you're a number two option. You've been as high as number one, but no lower than a number two option everywhere you've gone. So yes, you are held in high regard on every single team you've played on. So therefore, the pressure, the perks, and the, the, the problems, the pros and the cons all fall to either you or whoever's the number one. That's kind of how that works. Again, you get paid as one of the highest or second highest guy on every team. When that happens, there comes an innate pressure. It's kind of how that works. 15 guys on the team, and I'm, and I'm the one cancer in the room. That's what it's portrayed as. That's what that's what you guys get. That's that's what they have fun doing. And and for those who've known me and known this podcast, they know I don't I've never talked about Kai as a cancer, but I can understand why he thinks the media at large thinks he's a cancer. And that's what why, why these older, bitter gentlemen and women keep my name in their mouths every day. I mean, Kyrie equals clicks. He does equal clicks. So that's Kai on that. And one last clip for y'all. And this one's a little wordy. He's talking about gambling and sports betting and how it's taken the purity out of the game. I'll let him tell in his words because this one is really dicey to get into. Completely taken the, you know, gambling and sports betting has completely taken the purity away from and the fun away from the game at times. I'm gonna just be honest with y'all. So, like, work is work, but the support around it. 
um, can be very distracting. You know what I mean? There's a difference between being a diehard fan and supporting your team and loving your team versus somebody that's betting on a parlay or something. Yes. So you can have someone. There are two sets of people. And sometimes those per that those two sets of people then merge into one. You will have diehard fans who will bet on or sometimes against their own team. And then you will have fans who are casually looking on and are making bets based off what they think is going to happen in the game. Like, yes, but you can't you can't be anti-gambling or say this take away from the period of game when they've been betting on games for decades. They were betting on games before FanDuel, before DraftKings, before all these places popped up and became legalized. Like there was betting. Yeah, I remember, you know, I won't incriminate myself, but I know people who were able to, you know, you had to use offshore betting sites. You know, that that was a real thing. I knew people who were wiring money to people in other parts of the world to get their bets off. There were bookies in, in other places of the, of the world taking bets from people here in the States. Like, it was happening. If you weren't privileged enough to be in Vegas or later on, you know, in the early days of, of being up near uh, Connecticut with Mo Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods, if you, weren't, if you weren't around those types of places, like, yeah, you had to do it however which way. Gambling has always been a thing. Gambling has always been in and around sports. Point shaving. Point shaving's been happening. People have been throwing games in the early 1900s. In baseball, there was throwing games. The Black Sox uh, scandal. It was, what, 1919? Some craziness like that? Like, there's been literally, gambling has been evolved, involved in sports for over 100 years. And probably even before that. So, you know, to make it seem like, well, now it's too much. It's ruining the period of the game. I mean, maybe for him, maybe for Kai, because he's never been aware. I find it hard to believe because don't let these players fool you. The Calvin Ridley thing is is he's not he's not the first athlete to be out here betting on games. Like, that's a real thing that happens. You know, I've been in enough locker rooms. Players know what the spreads are. Players know what the over-unders are. Players know what the total is. Like, you know, they, they're not they're not immune to knowing what the spread is on a certain thing. So for Kaida, like that's ruining the period of the game. That to me is a little nonsensical. Somebody that wants to hit and don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody wasting their money on me, <laughs> but God dang. Yeah, you would definitely have a mixed bag if you were betting on Kyrie while, while he's been in Dallas. <laughs> you haven't you haven't hit too much. <laughs> he hasn't shot that well. And they haven't won a lot of games. So if you, you've been riding Kyrie, pause. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're probably down bad right now. Like, this whole community of gamblers that's coming to the game of basketball. Now, I can understand this point, And I think there is something to it. Because gambling is legal now, you're getting a lot of people who wouldn't have been able to gamble. Because if you really wanted to gamble before it became legal, you really had to seek out usually nefarious ways to go do it. Most people are not going to do that. But now if all you got to do is just download an app and deposit some bread and all these apps are given deposit matches and all types of free bets. And yeah. So you, you're getting a lot more casuals thrown in the mix that are all everyone. I went to, um, went to a bar a few weeks ago and it seemed like it was a whole bunch of games going on. It was a Nick's tape was playing. There was a bunch of games going on, but it seemed like, you could tell who had a bet on the game and who didn't. You could tell who was just there to grab a beer and just, you know, watch a game. And then you could also tell, oh, no, I got money on this. I got a parlay. Even though, even if, it, even if it's a $5, 
you know, three-team parlay. They are staring at that screen like this is rent money, even though it's just a $5, you know, three-team parlay. But that's – I think that this is who Kai is talking about. Like you're bringing the casuals, and now you got to do it casuals that are sliding into your DMs, airing you out. Because that happened to Terry Rosier. There was a screenshot floating around on the Elon app of – Terry Rosier getting into a back and forth for some dude who was salty at him because he tricked off a parlay for him. Y'all tell me what y'all think. Want to gamble? Why don't you gamble on something that makes sense to you? And if you gamble on me, I'm not going to tell you whether it's a good gamble or a bad gamble. I'm just saying, you gambling. You're right. going to win or lose. But that doesn't mean doesn't sliding into people's DMs or wishing bad on them or doing yeah. the extra shit that goes on, man. That It blows my mind sometimes. Right. You feel me? Yeah, I, I do. I, I do feel you, Kai. I feel you on that. And I might have to pull that for a drop. I like, I like to feel me drop. Pause. Um, but, yeah, there's Kai. And Kai's had a rough go of it. I'll come off the screen here as we'll have to uh, – Let's look up Dallas and see how they have done. They are a six seed. I believe when they traded for Kai, they were a six seed. It has not gone well for them um, so far. We can look at a game log. Yeah, let's go to a game log and pull up the maps. So now they were hot when they first got Kai because Luca was out. <laughs> they played well when it was just Kai and no Luca. Uh, but Luca's been back and it just hasn't really worked that well. As you see here, they've been alternating wins and losses seemingly throughout. They had that uh, game against the Lakers. That was a bad loss for them. They tricked off what they were up at 24 or 27 at one point in the first half. And they tricked that off. Uh, they lost to the Pacers. They did beat Philly. Hi, Philly. Uh, anyway, then they lost to the Suns. That was a big one. That was a big loss because this was Kai and KD before KD fell down and went boom. Um, and allegedly, Kai and KD did not speak to each other. Make of that what you will. Uh, so, yeah, and then they go and lose to the Pels, and the Pels didn't even have Young Reaper. So, yeah, this Maverick thing hasn't worked. And then Luca also got hurt in that game. I think it was a thigh contusion of some sort. So it's been a little, it's, it's been a little wonky. It's been a little wonky for them. And I know one thing, if he's going to, if they have thoughts or dreams of him re-signing, um, Jay Kidd or somebody's going to have to get through to him. And I know that's asking a lot and maybe there is no getting through to Kai, but since he's been there, let's see, let's get the numbers up. Since Kai has been there, he's giving you 28 points, seven assists, five rebounds, Right. And that's just in 11 games. He shot 50% from the floor, 41% from three, which would be the best since he was in Boston. Um, yeah, but the problem is, is that the team has not performed well since he's been there. The team record is not good since he's been there. So I don't know what to make of it outside of trying to understand Kai. And I think that sometimes can make all of our collective brains hurt trying to understand Kai. But I know one thing, if this thing don't work, he is on the first thing smoking to L.A. But to keep it a buck with you, and as we wrap up on Kai, I think I'm done with Kai, uh, do the Lakers still want Kai? Let's talk about it. Do the Lakers still want Kai? Because Lake Show looks good. Lake Show looks good. And this is without Braun. 
A lot of talk about street clothes, Anthony Davis, street clothes, this, that, and the third. Um, yeah. Run off three in a row. Now, again, they beat the Warriors, and uh, the habitual nutheader got hurt in that game. But Steph was there. They beat the Grizz with no jaw. And they beat the Raptors. Like, I remember on the live stream on Timeline T, I was saying of this stretch, where was it? It began with the... They got a split. Yeah. So on Timeline T, I said they need to get a split between Dallas. No, actually, let me go back. Where was it? Was it the Pels? Yeah, because they've run off so many wins here. I'm forgetting when they were losing. They were losing games. And I was like, oh, they're, they're in trouble. Whenever the LeBron thing became official, that he's out and he had to boot. Okay, yeah. So it was right in here. So I said, beat Dallas, and they were. They were able to beat Dallas. I said, okay, because my whole thing was for the Lakers to move up, the Western Conference standings are so tight in terms of the loss column that if you can beat a lot of the teams that's in front of you, you're going to leapfrog a lot of people. So I said, don't worry about the Grizzly games because this was before the whole Jaws stuff like came, came to light, right? So I'm assuming Jaws going to play. You're probably going to lose those games. Don't worry about those Grizzlies games because they had two of them right here, right? They had one on the 28th of February, and they had one this past Tuesday. So I was like, don't worry about those games. Tank those games if you have to, because the Grizzlies are in that 2-3-4. Don't worry about that. But you need to beat the teams out in front of you. So they beat Dallas. Dallas is in front of them. They beat OKC. OKC is in front of them at the time. They took an L to, to the Timberwolves. That was like acceptable, but you don't like it, but it's still acceptable. They beat the Warriors. That was a big win. They found a way with no jaw, take care of business. You beat the Grizzlies. That's a big win. They take care of business against the Raptors. Now, tonight they have Knicks tape. Then they got the Pels. We don't know if Brandon Ingram is going to play. Then you have the Rockets. You could theorize the Lake Show running off six in a row here. The Lake Show could run off six in a row. And if they run off six in a row, let's go to the standings. I mean, they're a nine seed. Last time I, I did the pod, they were the 13 seed. Now they're a nine. If they run off six in a row, they could, in theory, in theory, be the five seed. They could be the five seed from 13 to five in a matter of a couple of weeks. That's something where, and then, you know, I think Braun will be back by the play-in. Uh, I was able to talk to some people that know, that are in the know, and they Pretty much, they didn't guarantee it, but like Bron will be back by the play-in. So, but at this point, who says the Lakers going to be in the play-in? <laughs> I mean, who? They could be the five seed. Like right now, you have to look at Memphis. Might continue to trick games away, depending on if Ja comes back. Light the beam. The Kings might legitimately be the two seed. They might run away and hide. Like the, I mean. I don't think they can run down Denver at the one, but unless, especially now with no Kevin Durant for however long for the Suns, I think the Kings can run away and hide with the two seed. Now that means who's the three seed? Because I thought if Kevin Durant was healthy, the Suns had an outside shot of being able to get hot and make it to the two seed. But now with no KD, you're going to pretty much expect them to stay in this four or five range. Maybe they slide up the three if Memphis really tailspins. But I think 
the top four in the West are more or less set. It's really about five to 10. That's where all the action is. And this Lake Show thing, if you're the Lakers, though, and and and, and this is where the, the, the brain starts to work on the fly, if you're the Lake Show, do you want that five spot? Knowing you're probably going to have to face KD and the Suns? Basically, if you're the if you're the Lakers, are you angling to make sure you end up wherever you're facing the Grizzlies? You want to ensure that you face the Grizz. Or do you run a chance of doing the playing thing just so you could play the Kings? I want to face the Grizz if I'm the Lakers. With, with the guys they got now, with the defensive players they got now, especially with, with Vanderbilt running around, I, I want him against the Grizzlies. Not saying he can't do work against the Kings. It's a little bit of a different formation in terms of how that team is set up and how they run their things or how they run their stuff than the Grizz. The Grizz are a lot of iso ball, a lot of drive and kick, more of a simplistic offense. The Kings have a lot of stuff going, a lot of motion stuff. So I, it's not that they can't do it. I think it's an easier matchup. If I'm the Lake Show and I got Braun, you know, hobbling around, but I got a full steam AD. D'Lo came back last uh, the other night. He looked great. Like if I'm at a relatively good, strong complement of players, I don't know what they're going to do with without Mo Bamba. And I know that sounds like a crazy statement to say in 2023, but I think he was going to be able to give you something, especially in the postseason, if he's he's done for the year. I, did they sign anybody? Did the Lake Show sign anybody? Uh, they definitely don't have another big on the roster. Oh well, now they're not saying he's out for the year. He'll be reevaluated in four weeks. That'll be a week after Braun. I mean, when it first happened, it made it seem like he was done. So maybe they're holding out hope that he could just be a big body just to spell AD because AD is going to need to be spelled. You don't want AD playing 40 minutes in the first round, but you're going to need him to play 40 minutes later. Like I maybe, maybe they try to throw Gabriel out there. I wouldn't do that, but okay. So if you're the Lake show, if you are the Lakers, who do you want in the first round? Assuming you keep playing well, and you can get as high as you want. If you really want to control your destiny, do you want the Grizzlies? Do you want the Kings? Or do you roll the dice and say, we want, we want the Suns because you don't know what KD is going to look like? That's going to be interesting. I think the West is wide open over in the East. I mean, the same teams we, we, we've been talking about are still there. Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland. I mean, the Knicks had a hot had a hot run, what, nine games in a row, and now they've tricked off the last two games, correct? Yeah, they lost to Charlotte, lost to the Kings. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the Knicks will nick. Knicks tape, though. Um, shout, shout out to Cam Reddish. I'll touch on that real quick. Y'all know on this pod how big of a Cam Reddish guy I, I have been. Um, you know, he's recently... He spoke to the New York media because the Blazers played the Knicks and they got a chance to um, have that conversation in regards to what happened in New York. And they basically said, you know, it was politics. 
It had nothing to do with basketball. And, you know, I just hope this is now a chance for him to show what he could do. You know, I put there on the Elon app that somehow the meniscus tearing taskmaster couldn't find a way to get a 38% three-point shooter on the floor. Just didn't make any sense. He's playing 31 minutes a night, shooting 46% from the floor, 38% from three. He's getting boards. He's getting dimes. And he's contributing 14 points. And this is the thing. This is in Portland. And we know how ball-dominant Dame is. So the fact that he can even get 10 shots up playing with Dame, that's impressive. Jerry and Grant's got to get his. Nurkic just came back. Like there's, there's a lot of shots going up in Rip City. So the fact that Cam Reddish can still get 11 shots up a night or 10, 10 shots up a night is pretty impressive. Over to the NFL. So there's a lot to go on. There's a lot that's going on. And the Bears made a big trade. The Bears traded for a number one wide receiver. The Bears traded for arguably, depending on who you talk to, if you talk to Brandon Marshall, he'll tell you second, but arguably the best Bears receiver in franchise history. DJ Moore, without even playing it down for the Bears, might already be the best Bears, the best receiver in Bears franchise history. So the Bears trade out of the number one overall slot. They give it to the Carolina Panthers. In return, they get a couple of firsts couple of seconds, and more importantly, they get DJ Moore. So now the draft looks like this, allegedly. This is a mock draft. Bryce Young, allegedly, to the Panthers. Is that something we're rocking with? C.J. Stroud to the Texans? The, uh, assuming the Cardinals don't trade out the pick. At three, getting Will Anderson. Anthony Richardson now at four to the Indianapolis Colts. This is a guy who wasn't even projected to have a first-round grade heading into his last college season. But now all of a sudden, you know, whether it's the combine or whether it's just people actually starting to look at his tape and then looking at the, the size and the skill set, now he's skyrocketing up big boards all the way up to allegedly number four in the Colts. Jalen Carter, who was thought to be thought, thought to be the number one overall pick at some points throughout the season, and especially if the Bears would have stayed there because they they now know they have a quarterback. So a lot of talk about him going number one now. And, you know, there's some off the court, off the field stuff with him. But as of right now, Mock Draft has him going at five. Will Levis, the Raiders, who are out allegedly on Lamar Jackson. That's something, and, you know, for, for the uh, audio-only audience, if you haven't tapped in, there's a few videos I did on Lamar from the Timeline T live streams. And uh, man, those co the comment section has been all over the place, but there's been a lot of pre prevailing opinions, polarizing opinions, pro-Lamar, anti-Lamar, pro-ownership, pro-management, pro-player. It's, 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 it's just a lot going on. So I implore you, if you haven't tapped in, to go ahead and tap in. Uh, but there was a couple of Raider fans that were like, I don't know why the, the Raiders are out on Lamar. Then there was a few that was like, we don't want Lamar. And I'm like, well, even if you wanted Lamar, because the Davis family and the Raiders thing is a family business, you can't even afford Lamar. You can't even afford Lamar, even if you wanted him. Like, even if Mark Davis truly wanted Lamar, they can't afford it. The Raiders do not have the money in escrow to be able to go get Lamar and to go give Lamar the guaranteed money he's looking for, which could be anywhere in the range of 200 to 250. 
you know, so. And again, this is all alleged because they're like Lamar hasn't said anything. I think, well, what quarterback has publicly ever said what money they're looking for? When Patrick Mahomes signed that $500 million, well, excuse me, let's be accurate. When Mahomes signed that $450 million contract, did he publicly say, I want $450 million leading up to that? When Dak Prescott was going through what he was going through with his contract, did he ever publicly say, I want $160 million? Did he say it? Because that's been a thing. Well, we don't know what Lamar wants. I'm like, well, when has any quarterback told us what they want? None of these quarterbacks. Why does Lamar have to tell you what he wants, but none of these other quarterbacks have ever told you what they want? What's the math on that? But anyway, so the Raiders here, if they are stuck with Will Levis, and this is why I was insinuating on the live stream that if I'm them, I would try to move up past, past the, the Colts. And that's where Arizona's in play. If I'm the Raiders, I'm trying to get up to three because I'm not trying to be stuck with Will Levis. Now, they're not stuck with, with Will Levis. They, don't have, they obviously don't have to draft him. But then, you know, what are you going to do at quarterback? If you can't afford Lamar, which is very likely they cannot afford Lamar. You're going to go get Jimmy G? Like, what are you going to do at quarterback if you're the Raiders? There's weapons there. You got Devontae Adams. They got Josh Jacobs on the franchise tag. We're assuming they're going to figure out what to do with Waller and keep him, keep him in the fold. You know, maybe you just stockpile weapons. Maybe you go Smith and Jigba here. Maybe you go JSN. Maybe you just go overload so that no matter who you have at quarterback, they got tons of weapons. Tons of weapons. Like, it's undeniable. Like, you would have to be Nathan Peterman to trick it off. If you have JSN, Devonta Adams, Waller, Josh Jacobs, and the, and the offense is trash, then the quarterback, that quarterback should never play another down in the NFL. So that's the thing. You can either overwhelm with just skill skill set players all over the place, position weapons all over the place, or you can go and hope that Will Levis is one of those guys that can develop. I mean, to me, I would rather, I think him and Richardson are both rolls of the dice. I would rather roll the dice on a guy that reminds a lot of people of Cam Newton and Justin Fields than Will Levis. That's just my opinion. I understand. I understand, but whichever way you decide to go on it. Um, but there's a lot. With the draft here, we go down to the Jets at 13, and we're not sure if the Jets are going to have this pick because the Jets are still waiting on Aaron Rodgers. Allegedly, there's the framework of a deal in place between the Packers and the Jets, but we're all waiting now on what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. Does he want to leave? Does he want to cash out the 58 M's in Green Bay, or does he want to make his way over to MetLife and become the best quarterback in Jets franchise history before throwing one pass. So, and you know, he had a clip, there's a clip floating around on the timeline. I was going to pull it, but I think it's probably going to be copyrighted because that's some, some Brandon Marshall stuff. And if you know what's going on with his podcast, there's probably a lot of ownership stuff going on there. But anyway, so there's a lot of, um, there was a, there was a conversation, conversation between him and Aaron Rodgers where he said he's going to have to wait. He'll announce a, a decision when he's ready. And I think we'll get we'll get a decision. He knows that there's a timeline for this because obviously the draft is coming up. Um, and then also just free agency. 
So if the Jets get spurned, let's say Aaron Rodgers spurns the Jets, decides to just stay, stay in Lambeau and cash out the 58 M's. Do you then get in on Lamar? I mean, they're clearing up all this cap room to go get Rodgers. But if Rodgers burns you, why not use that cap room that you're get, get that you're clearing up to go get Lamar? Why not? I mean, there's there's a lot of narratives around Lamar and what he is and what he isn't, and people say, but he's missed a lot of time the last the last two years. And yes, you can see that here. He's played 12 games out of out of a potential 17. Right? So he's missed, he's missed, what's that of a potential? He's missed 10 games, right? But when you look at when he does play, and thank you to Mina Kimes, last year, so even in this year where he had 12 games, right? And some people said he was bad last year. There were people openly saying he was bad last year, even though if you look at the numbers and then look at some of the advanced numbers, it's not as bad as you would think, but just narratives, just continuing to narrative. We have Mina Kimes, who's a very smart football mind, Last year, Lamar Jackson finished with a higher passer rating from inside the pocket because there's still the narrative somehow in 2023 that Lamar Jackson is just a running back that can throw. So here's his fun fact, courtesy of Mina Kimes. Lamar Jackson finished with a higher passer rating from inside the pocket than Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. I rest my case, but you know, he's a running back that can throw silliness. So the jets are being held hostage by Aaron Rodgers. The Ravens, you know, got, I think they got Lamar jammed up. And I think that there's allegedly some collusion going on with the NFL because all these teams that needed quarterbacks in mass, as soon as Lamar got announced on the franchise tag on the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means he can negotiate with other teams Basically, he's, he's a restricted uh, free agent, just like it is in the NBA. The team, your home team can match whatever deal, whatever offer sheet you sign. So in mass, all these teams came out and said, nope, we want no parts of Lamar Jackson. These are teams that, you know, have quarterback needs. Teams like the Colts, teams like the Raiders, teams like the Falcons, the Falcons who were going to give Deshaun Watson, nasty man Deshaun Watson, fully guaranteed money just last year. Now, all of a sudden, Arthur Blank doesn't want to give Lamar Jackson guaranteed money. And here's the thing with them, right? If you were so close to getting Deshaun Watson last year, you jettisoned Matt Ryan with the opportunity to go get Deshaun Watson nasty man, and you failed at that, right? So then you go get Mariota to be a stopgap. You know what I'm saying? Basically, to, to hold the fort down until you figure out what to do because you thought you was going to get Watson. So you go ahead and you exhaust that option of bringing in Mariota. You have Ritter finish out the season four games. And now you're telling me you saw enough in those four games to not go after Lamar Jackson. Like this isn't like Justin Fields and the Bears where, you know, Justin Fields got in there for over the half, over half of the year, two years ago. What was it like 10 games, 12, 10 games? And then they saw enough there. So then they handed him the keys essentially. You know, once, once, once he, I think he played 15 games this past season. So this isn't that four games is nowhere close to 12 games. So like a four game sample size, I would even argue that's not even a sample size, especially as a quarterback. And especially when 
they were hurt, very hurt at, at the end of the year. He didn't even have a full complement of weapons. So what did you see that makes you think he's so good or we're so locked in that he's the guy that we should not go get Lamar Jackson? I mean, I think Arthur Blank is running scared, to be quite honestly. If it's not collusion, then Arthur Blank's running scared. So take, take your pick. Either the Falcons and Arthur Blank are joining into the collusion to force Lamar back to Baltimore or Arthur Blank's running scared. Take your pick. Because there's no way a black dual threat quarterback in Atlanta could ever work. There's no way. Absolutely, positively, no way. You know what it is. Appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, audio only audience. Y'all know I rocks with y'all. Sorry I didn't get y'all pie last week. You know, this video stuff is taking a lot. But um, I'm always going to make time to make sure I drop a, a pod. So this is that. Uh, we're going to be back at it next week. Going to be on the road a little bit over the next couple of months. But we still going to find a way to make sure I get y'all a pod. Um, if you want to check out the YouTube stuff, I'm really putting in a lot of work there. Getting some good feedback. And I'm arguing with a bunch of people. So if you want to see me argue with a bunch of people, tap in on the YouTube channel. Link is in the podcast description. And uh, yeah. So, you know. I think next week we'll be able to get into some Dion stuff. I want to get get into Dion on this on this pod, but I want to watch a few more interviews that he's doing to take some more notes. He's saying a lot of stuff that needs to be cross-examined. So uh, next episode we'll get into Dion. Daniel Snyder's doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I'm surprised he's not in on Lamar, but again, if it's collusion, allegedly, I mean, you know, he's just playing his part. But anyway, we will hopefully tackle that next episode, next pod for the CMD podcast. I'm Say Dusmi Junior. I'm out.